Welcome to Academy Days, a Christian fiction podcast for teen girls. I'm your host and author, Judith. Enjoy the story. Academy Days, Episode 35, The Beginning of a Story. Lacey Winters bit her lip to keep an explosive grin in check as she followed the Pella family into a courtyard surrounded on three sides by horse barns. Could this be real? And happening to her? She'd drawn horses in art class, had read dozens of horse stories, and had only given up her fifth-grade dream to own one after Dad mercilessly spelled out the price of purchase and upkeep. And now, at the age of 15, she might get to touch a horse, maybe even ride one. The stable master, Mr. Yoder, opened the double doors of the two-story center barn. A swift draft blew through the open entrance, and the putrid scent of manure, really, really bad manure, clogged Lacey's senses. "'Sorry, we have a sick horse right now,' Mr. Yoder said. "'A couple of the hands are moving him to the clinic this morning.' He shook his head. "'Jonah has a hankering for escape.' and the compost heap. Lacey gulped. A horse who liked to eat garbage? A high-pitched warble echoed from one of the adjoining barns. Lacey froze. Was it a horse phantom, or a bee-stung opera singer? That'll be the new horse, Isabella Margarita Esperanza. She hasn't quite settled in yet. Mr. Yoder motioned towards the open aisle to their left. This way to the second-floor entrance. The senator intends to have outdoor access added soon. London slowed and fell in step beside Lacey. Um, what do you say we ditch riding lessons and play tennis this afternoon? Considering the current smell and ambiance, the suggestion was tempting. Mr. Yoder opened a door and led the way up a flight of stairs. The bare rooms above the stable smelled like fresh paint and wood and improvement from below. The kitchen and living room area blended into one sunny room lit by skylights. Lacey peered into a bedroom suite. Dormer windows looked out over the horse pasture, and French doors led out onto a balcony. Whoever moved into this place would live above a barn and have the luxury of a posh apartment at the same time. What kind of person would it be? A horse trainer, maybe. Or one of the senator's important guests. Maybe one of his adult children, maybe. Lacey stepped out onto the balcony. She looked down into the pasture where a silvery white horse grazed. What if it was a girl her age? Why would she come here? And what adventures would she have? Lacey leaned on the railing. The girl who got to live in a place like this would never feel lonely or like the naive dreamer again. No one would ever look her in the face and laugh and say, Lacey, you ready to go back down? London called. My mom is going to get busy and Mr. Yoder is going to show my dad where the senator's workshop is. We can look at the horses until Mr. Yoder comes back. Lacey stepped away from the railing. She untwined her fingers from the twist of her braid. Coming. Who was she kidding? This was an attic, which spiders probably loved. 
Some hairy horse trainer bachelor would live here, and the place would soon smell like canned ravioli and prepackaged pizza. Back on the first floor, Lacey gazed into a big pen where a mare with her two babies stood drowsily munching hay. Just born a week ago, Mr. Yoder said, leaning his forearms on the gate. A rare thing, twin foals, but this mare's done it twice. Let me get their handler, Selina. She'll let them out into the pasture, and the foals will put on a show for you. He walked away a few paces and put his phone to his ear. One of the foals, a colt, ambled toward the pen gate, and Lacey slowly reached out a hand. The colt stopped, blinking, bobbing its head, uncertain. Lacey stretched. Her fingers grazed its nose before he skittered away into his mother's shadow. Lacey pulled her hand back, twining her fingers into her braid. She'd scared it away. Selina will be right over. I'll see you girls after bit, Mr. Yoder said, and he and Mr. Pella left through the main doors. London wandered away down the aisle. Lacey held her breath. Maybe the little guy would come back, but he continued to give her the side eye from a safe distance. The filly fluttered its ears against a fly and settled into a cozy mound of straw. Well, so much for horse dreams. Lacey brushed a fly away from her forehead. Wait, where was her headband? She stepped back from the pen and scanned the floor, just loose bits of hay, not the white and yellow of her newest summer accessory. London, I'm going to run back upstairs. I dropped something. Okay, London waved and kept walking. One glance in the stairwell showed her hairband wasn't there. Maybe she dropped it on the balcony when she was fiddling with her braid. Lacey opened the apartment door and headed across the kitchen. A soft buzzing sound brought her to a stop. Mrs. Pella stood on a stepladder, removing an air vent cover with an electric screwdriver. Wasn't she just going to brainstorm and measure today? Didn't she like the vent style or something? Mrs. Pella turned off the screwdriver and laid the tool and vent cover on the top step of the ladder and then pulled something out of a small black bag. Um, Mrs. Pella, have you seen... Mrs. Pella gasped, dropped the black bag, swung sideways, and knocked the screwdriver to the floor. She clung to the ladder with one hand and stared at Lacey. I thought everyone had gone down. We did, but I dropped my hairband. I'm always dropping my hairbands. They slide backwards in their cloth so I don't hear. Mrs. Pella's face was white. Maybe she was afraid of heights. Do you need someone to hold the ladder? My mom always likes somebody to hold the ladder. Lacey stepped towards Mrs. Pella. No, no, Lacey. Please retrieve your headband and then rejoin London downstairs. Have fun. Enjoy. Downstairs. Lacey nodded and darted into the nearest bedroom suite, grabbed up the circlet of cloth laying near the balcony doors, and went for the stairs again. Artists. They were always touchy and edgy when working. In novels, anyway. Mrs. Pella was a sort of artist. Lacey closed the stairwell door gently. When her foot hit the third stair, she heard the lock click on the door behind her. Wow, 
Mrs. Pella was pretty intense about creative space. That night, Lacey moaned and rolled out of the twin bed opposite London's. One afternoon lesson on horseback. One. And this was how she felt? She flipped on a desk lamp and tugged her journal out from beneath her Bible. Might as well record this day of another childhood dream debunked. Lacey grabbed her backpack and rummaged around. There, a pen and her goals list. She tapped number two on the list. Now there was a silly dream. Writing a book. Really? She should just scribble it out now. Lacey propped her chin on her hand. But maybe she only needed some inspiration. She blinked, the blank wall in front of her fading into a vision of a spiral staircase and a girl descending in a full-skirted gown. She was on her way to the drawing room to receive callers, and in the deepest part of her heart she hoped one of them would be... Earl Rosenthorpe. The face of Corin Irving floated into the vision, Corin waving a marshmallow and hot dog-loaded stick over a bonfire, just like he had done the last time she'd seen him. Corin was no Earl Rosenthorpe, and she was far from a debutante. Lacey swiveled in the chair. Before she wrote a romance, she needed to experience love, and until then she'd have to write her novel about something else. Didn't writers do things like tromp through woods and live in solitary cabins and stare at lakes to get ideas? The senator didn't have a lake, but he did have a swimming pool. Maybe if she stared into the glimmering moonlight blue of his swimming pool, she'd think of an irresistible novel idea. Lacey stepped out onto the landing. I won't lie for them, Mrs. Pella's voice echoed under the high ceiling of the living room. And don't even bring up Rahab. She was a heathen, and unaware of the Ten Commandments. I wasn't going to bring up Rahab, Mr. Pella said. A better example for this situation would be Brother Andrew. You remember God's smuggler? He had a dangerous calling, right? But God protected him. He did. Mr. Pella's voice was low and calm. And don't forget the reverend spy. I hadn't forgotten. The room below went quiet. I got in a hurry. Felt frantic to get it all over and done. And nothing bad happened. You've learned. We'll both learn to choose the right times. Lacey held her breath. It sounded like an intense conversation. What should she do? Try to return to her room? But if the floor creaked, as it so often did at wrong moments, she might have to explain herself. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Pella, I'm trying to plan out a novel, and I wanted to know what a swimming pool looked like by moonlight. Weird. You still believe this is God's will, right? Mr. Pella said. Yes, but it's way out of my comfort zone. They didn't teach us how to install surveillance equipment in decorating 101. Surveillance? So Mrs. Pella was helping the senator with his security system? Was there anything London's parents didn't do? And how long was this midnight chat going to last? 
Never mind the pool. Lacey backed slowly towards the bedroom. She'd have to find inspiration in something else. Maybe she could stare into a glass of water. What are you doing? London mumbled as Lacey closed the bedroom door. Um, Lacey bit her lip. Looking for inspiration? What? London rolled over, eyes still closed. Never mind. Go back to sleep. No, wait. Do you know anything about God's smuggler or a reference spy? London sighed through her nose and seemed to draw up drowsy strength for a reply. Books, I think. Lacey felt a familiar rise of excitement at the thought of an interesting story, fiction or non. Ah, uh, whichever is true. They're true stories. London pulled her blanket up to her chin, and her breathing fell into a rhythm. Books. The Pellas were staying up late to talk about books. Lacey scribbled the titles in her notebook. After all, who could resist a story with smuggler or spy in the title, and nonfiction to fulfill her first goal too? She flipped off the light and crawled back into bed. That night, she dreamed London was a teenage spy trying to smuggle Bibles across a dystopian America, all while attempting to raise money for an in-ground swimming pool. She woke up to the sound of London singing in the shower, the feel of the sun on her face, and a sudden clarity that Mister and Missus Pella had a secret, were doing something secretive, but what? Thank you for listening to another episode of Academy Days. If you have the time, please leave a review below and share the podcast with somebody else that enjoys fiction. Thanks so much for everybody who already has. Bye.